the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. In Acts, the 8th chapter and the 4th verse, I'll be reading out of the King James Version. It says, Therefore, They that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing those miracles which he did. Before I go any further, uh, Brother Joe already announced that uh, the pastor's not here tonight. Pastor Guy's not here tonight. He's at the uh, youth meeting, but his wife Angie. This is her. She's here. So, and another thing before I go any further, this is a good friend of uh, mine, the pastor guys and big Joe's Robert right here on the front row with his mother. So uh, it's good. uh, It's good to have everybody tonight. So we'll go on. And in verse seven, well, I'm going to go back and read verse six. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. It says for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and they that were taken with palsies and they that were lame were healed there was great joy in that city there was great joy in that city because there was revival going on in that city and where there's revival and the moving of the holy ghost there's always great joy but it says there was a certain man called simon which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great ones. So anytime you have a revival going around and you are going on and you have the Holy Ghost moving, you're going to have some devils show up, okay? So right here we have uh, Simon, and he's, uh, he's bewitched the people because he was a fortune teller. It says, To whom they all gave great heed from the least to the greatest, this man is the power of God. And to him they had regard because that for a long time he bewitched them with sorcery. But when they believed, Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Now keep in mind verse 12 in this chapter right here. I'm going to read it again. And when they believed, Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and and women. Now I want you to hold your place there and thirsty. I didn't give this to you, but if you'll put Mark the 16th chapter and the 15th verse up there, I'm going to go to Mark and then I'm going to come back. 16 and verse 15. In Mark 16 and 15, it says this, and he said unto them, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, before I read the rest of it, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you again in the um, eighth chapter of the book of Acts, in verse 12, it says, They believed and they were baptized. So, at that point in the 12th verse, 
They were saved. They were born again. So I'll go back and read the rest of Mark. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. This new tongues is something that's going to be very important tonight. It's got a lot to do with your life and it's got a lot to do with your prayer life. And it says, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It says, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It said, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached the word, the Lord working with them and confirming his word. Okay? Confirming his word. With signs following. Amen. So he was confirming his word with signs following. So when we see Philip in, in the 8th chapter of the book of Acts. Preaching the name of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. His word was. He, he was confirming his word. And signs and wonders were following the preaching of his word. So in verse 12. They believed and they were baptized. So they were saved in verse 12. And then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondering, believe, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto him Peter and John. Now, in verse 12, they believed and they were baptized. They were born again, and then they was water baptized. And let me just tell you this. Jerusalem and Samaria was anywhere between 30 and 40 miles away. And back in those days, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have telegrams. They had no way of communicating with each other except going to the people and communicating with them. They had no other way of communication. And so it says when the apostles which, which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent on to him Peter and John who when they come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to explain something to you here. The Word of God shows plainly, plainly, that there's an experience with the Holy Ghost after that you are saved. They were saved in the 12th verse. But some days later, because I don't know how long it took to took them to get the word to the apostles that were at Jerusalem. I don't know how long it took. If it took a couple of days, three days, but then it took them time to get there. So we know days later they came and prayed for them. It says when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, if they got everything when they was born again, okay, if they got all they was going to get of, 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 of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, and the Holy Ghost, then there was no need for the apostles to come down and lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Remember, the laying on of hands. We're going to see that several times in the book of Acts. It says, They laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. This is several days after they was already saved. 
And it says, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. So after they was born again, the apostles came down from Jerusalem, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Let's go to, um, while we're in the book of Acts, we're going to be mainly in the book of Acts tonight. Let's go to the 19th chapter and the first verse. 19 and 1. In 19, the 19th chapter and the first verse of the book of Acts, it says this, It came to pass that while Apollos, Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then Paul, then said Paul, Truly, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, They should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So, in the 8th chapter, we've seen that when the apostles came down, they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now we see in the 19th chapter that the apostle Paul laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. They all spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. Now put up their thirst, if you would, Acts the ninth chapter and the 17th verse. Acts 9 and verse 17. I may back up a little bit on this one. Let's see what I'm going to do. I'm going to back up a little bit on this one. Matter of fact, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the um, first verse in chapter nine. It says, "And Saul, yet breathing out threatening and slander against the disciples of the Lord, went on to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogue, if he found any in this way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem." And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly there shined round about a light from heaven. Now this is Saul. This is, he's about to be converted. When we was reading in the 19th chapter, we, were, we was reading about the same person, but his name was Paul then. This is about when his conversion is fixing to take place. And he says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying on him, Saul, Saul. Why persecute thou me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, who you're persecuting. And it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And it says, Him trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, the very person that he was persecuting, putting Christians in prison, having them stoned to death, having them killed, he says, Lord, he says, what would you have me to do? Here's where his conversion takes place right here. Here's where he comes to repentance on the road to Damascus. 
Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord said, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. Then the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. He, never, he didn't eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now I want you to notice something about this right here in verse 10. It says there was a certain disciple. It didn't say there was a certain apostle. It wasn't a certain prophet. It said there was a certain disciple. And this who is a disciple? A disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ. A disciple is somebody that takes their cross up daily and follows Christ. See, that's, that's a disciple. So Ananias in verse 10, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Lord, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and enter into the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tars, for behold, he prayeth. And he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Then answered Ananias, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on his name. But the Lord said unto him, Go your way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hands on him. This is the third time that we're seeing the laying on of hands. And let's see what happens. Putting his hands on him, on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in thy way as you came, has sent me that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So here, Ananias lays his hands on him. Ananias, he's a disciple. He lays his hands on him and he's healed. He receives his sight. And he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Three days after his conversion by the laying on of hands, he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, Ananias didn't come in there and say, Now, Brother Saul, if you'll go to seminary for eight years and get your doctrine's degree and learn your denomination real, real good that you can debate with anybody and win the debate, God will be able to use you. This man had been saved for three days. Ananias laid his hands on him, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says, Immediately there fell from his eyes and it had been scales, and he received sight and arose and was baptized. Now put up there, if you would, Thirsty, put up there Acts 2 and 38. We'll mainly be in the book of Acts. We'll probably go a few other places, but we'll be in the book of Acts tonight. It says in Acts 2, before I read 
Before we go to 38, Thirsty, if you would, put up to verse 32. Acts 2 and 32. This Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. So it says in verse 33 that Jesus himself, having received the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost. Now this is quoted in Luke, the third chapter. And after he's filled with the Holy Ghost, the very next thing it says about the Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 4 and verse 1 in the book of Luke, it says this, and it says, and Jesus being filled with the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Holy Ghost when he was 30 years of age. And prior to being filled with the Holy Ghost, he never rose anybody from the dead. He never healed anybody. He never cast out any demons until he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And in three and a half years, he turned the world upside down. Upside down. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 34. For David is not ascended into heaven, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit here on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me put it like this. You shall receive if you believe. If you have doubt, unbelief, and fear in your heart about the Holy Ghost, you will not receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Doubt and unbelief and fear will, will stop you dead in your tracks from receiving, I don't care what it is that God has promised to you, what he's already done for you. Unbelief and fear and doubt will stop you right in your tracks. So you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost if you believe. Just like being born again. If you don't believe, it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you shall confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness which means right standing with God. If there ain't no repentance in your heart, you're not going to believe in your heart that you have right standing with God. And then it says that your mouth, with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. When that faith and your heart comes together, those words and faith in your heart come together, all the demons in hell can't stop you from being born again. So it says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. Now put up the thirsty, if you would, Acts 10 and 38.
In Acts 10.38, it says this. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus said all power has been given unto him in heaven and in earth. The devil don't have power. He's been stripped of his power. He can only deceive you. The devil can't heal anybody, and he wouldn't heal anybody if he could. He's only come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's got no power. That's why it says in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Where does the power come from? It comes from God. It don't come from the devil because he don't have it to give to you. He just needs place in your life so he can possess you and use you. Acts 10, let's see. Okay, put up there with, uh, if you would, Thirsty, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14. Every believer needs to receive the Holy Ghost after you're born again, after you're saved. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14. I want to talk to you tonight about the purpose of the Holy Ghost in your life. It says right here. It says, when I pray, and this is verse 14. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. It said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. 14 and 14. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Howbeit then, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray in the understanding also. If you have not received the infilling, the gift of the Holy Ghost after you've been born again, and you do not speak in tongues, you cannot pray in the spirit you can pray in your intellect you can pray out of your understanding you can read the word you can grow spiritually you can go to church but you cannot pray in the spirit there's more than one way to pray when i pray in an unknown tongue my spirit prayeth well if you don't believe in tongues and you don't speak in tongues and how are you going to pray in the spirit you see, the Holy Ghost wants to help you. And there's so many people that need to know how to pray in the Spirit. Matter of fact, young Christians ought to be praying in the Spirit a lot. Instead of praying in their understanding. Now, I spend a lot of time with God and I pray in my understanding a lot. But I also pray in the Spirit 
a lot. There's places that I get to that I, I, I know the word. I can. When you're praying, you're supposed to be praying the word. But you don't know everything about the word, and I don't know everything about the word, and nobody does. But there's places I come to that I have to pray in the spirit. So when I pray in the, in the spirit, it's my spirit that's praying. And let me tell you something. My spirit's born of God, and my spirit cannot pray wrong. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, when I pray in other tongues, I cannot pray wrong. I'm praying the perfect will of God. And there's many times in my life that I'm praying or the Holy Ghost needs me to pray, and I don't even know. I mean, I was here Monday night about 9 o'clock. I wanted to go home, but the unction was in my spirit. I know that I needed to pray. So I followed the unction of the Holy Ghost, and I started praying. But I didn't know what to pray for. I didn't know who I was praying for. I didn't know what I was praying for. So how are you going to pray if you can't pray in the spirit? I start praying in other tongues. I start praying in the spirit. My, prayer, my, my spirit is praying. See, my spirit. God is a spirit, you know. I'm a spirit being. God's a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So I start praying in other tongues. I start praying in the spirit. Now, I'm not sure. Sometimes he'll tell me what I'm praying for or who I'm praying for. Sometimes he won't. Sometimes I don't even care to know. I think I was praying for a member in this church, but I'm not sure because he didn't tell me. But I have to be able to yield myself to God to be able to pray in the Spirit. What if, I, what, what if, what if I, the Holy Ghost is, I've never received the fullness of the Holy Ghost, and I don't speak in tongues. Could God use me in that area to pray? Of course not. Because it ain't in my understanding. He wants me to pray about something I don't, I totally know. Let me tell you something, people. I don't know when, why you start, when people start talking about the Holy Ghost, people get afraid. What is there to be afraid about the Holy Ghost? It says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power from the Holy Ghost, not from the devil. No, the, it gives you the power to keep him under your feet and keep him where he belongs. It gives you the power to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick is what it gives you power to do. Man, I hear these churches talking all the time about revival, revival, revival. If the Holy Ghost was to fall in some of these churches like they did on the day of Pentecost, they'd take off running and the pastor would be the front one, first one running. Not to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to get away from them. In 1981, I'd been born again, going to a church, and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Didn't tell nobody. And they threw me out. They said, that's of the devil. I said, devil? I said, here, let me show you. Let me say, you, you calling the word the devil? Let me show you. I don't want to see that. Huh? Because they love the, their doctrines more than they love God. Everything I'm reading to you is straight tonight out of the word of God. You have to be, something has to be wrong with you if you can't look at the 8th chapter of the book of Acts and see that they got saved in the 12th verse and in the 15th verse, which was five or six days later, they laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. It would tell you absolutely that there's a difference right there. There is a different experience with, with the Holy Ghost than there is being born again. When you're born again, what, what happens? Your spirit is made alive unto God, okay? You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, and you're born again, okay? But now, after you're born again, you need power. And that power can only come from the Holy Ghost. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. All fear comes from the enemy anyways. He hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He wants to help you. 
And that's what the Holy Ghost is. He's your helper. He's your comforter. It says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost and speaking other tongues, like I said, you can't even pray in the spirit. You can pray in your understanding. Now, while we're talking about the Holy Ghost and while we're talking about praying in the spirit, put up there thirsty, if you would, Luke 10 and verse 38, 10 and 38. In Luke 10 and 38, there's much need, much, much need for the Holy Ghost in the church today. They don't got so far off into education. They don't left the Holy Ghost outside. It says Acts 10 and 38. It, when it came to pass that they went and entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Remember that phrase. Mary sat at his feet and heard his word. But Martha, she was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore that she may help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're care thou art careful and troubled about many things. But this one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good thing. You see, you got to choose that good part. It says, which shall not be taken away from her. So here, here we have Martha. She's troubled about many things. She's texting all day long. She's on her computer all day long. She's troubled. She has no peace in her life. She's troubled. But Mary, she's learned this good thing. She's learned how to sit at Jesus' feet and receive his word. Now, one is just going too busy. The other She's learned something. She's learned how to sit at his feet. And this good thing that she learned, it is not going to be taken away from her. I got three cell phones. Because the reason is, I'll tell you why. Because I'm with three different companies, and the reason I'm doing it, I don't want people to tell me who's the best company. I want to find out who is. But they're out there in my vehicle. It's where they belong. I may go three days without even receiving one phone call on any of the phones. I'm not popular. I'm not trying to be. My cell phone does not control me. I control it. I know how to talk. I know how to say hi. And I know how to say bye. Now, I want to share something with you. When I get up, let me just, let me just say this. Let's say it's Sunday, okay? I've spent three or four hours with the Lord. I come to church. I'm at church because I'm supposed to be here. This is what you, what Christians do. They don't forsake the sins of themselves together. I come here. I serve. I do my parts in the body of Christ. 
I go have lunch, I come back, and I stay at the church, and I pray, and then I go minister at the jail on Sunday night. And then when I get done ministering at the jail at Sunday night, I go home and I read the Word for a couple hours. I go to bed. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I wake up in the morning. I ain't full of the Holy Ghost. Why is that? What happened between the time I went to sleep and the time that I got up? You see, just like God gave the children of Israel manna one day at a time, you're filled one day at a time. You see, Mary learned this good thing. And it's not going to be taken away from her. When I get up in the morning, you see, the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If I set a good example and it helps you, then use it. When I get up in the morning, I said, Lord, I don't want to go out there today. But my needs to be out there to tell people about Jesus. I get up in the morning and I start talking to God. And I say, I start communicating with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I say, they that wait upon the Lord shall find new strength. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. See, I'm not filled, I'm empty right now, okay? But I'm talking to God. I'm sitting at His feet. I'm not going anywhere until I'm filled. I know everybody don't have the time that I got. I understand that. But you got time. You may say, well, I got children. I got a wife. Yeah, but you still got time. Maybe you can get filled in five minutes and it takes me five hours. But you got time. I know a pastor has got 12 children, got a wife. He's a good father and good husband. But he always spends time with God. You see, you can use your time Right, or you can use your time wrong. you got 24 hours a day. What are you going to do with it? I remember Pastor Guy, many times he would come out here on Saturday, being me and him only show up, and we'd go out into the streets to preach the gospel. And Pastor Guy would bring his children with him. See? He could have said, well, I'm going to spend time with my children today. I'm not going to do this. But he would come and bring his children with him, and then God would bless his time, and he would have more time with his children. See, it's always doing the kingdom of God first. See? But I won't leave my house until I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. That's just the way it is. Why? Because there's nothing worth going out in there, into that world unless I'm filled with God. There's no reason for me to be out there. Mary has learned this good thing, and it's not going to be taken away from her. See, we start talking about time, and we start talking about patience, and people get a little edgy. It takes time to know God. So I sit there, and I commune, with God the Father, God the Son, and the, and the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking His words, see. They that wait upon the Lord shall find new strength. I'm going to have strength for today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. The kingdom of God is not what I eat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, I'm going to have all this every day. Every day. And so, after about three or four hours, when I get done um, praying in my understanding and communicating and sitting at the Lord's feet, I read the Word. And then when I read the Word, I leave the house and I'm praying in tongues. See, because I'm up now, I'm charged up. I don't want to go down. 
So I keep myself built up in my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping myself in the love of God. You say, Brother Tom, it don't take all that. Oh, yes, it does. It takes every bit of it. You got one life to live, and it's going to be short. And you got 24 hours in a day, every single day. You don't have to be oppressed. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be weak. You need to learn that good thing, what Mary done, and she learned how to sit at, at his feet. Be still and know that I am God. His love quiets me. Praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit. Let me tell you something. The devil hates this. He hates it. That's why when they threw me out of the church, they said, tongues are the devil. Let me tell you something. I walked with the devil for 25 years, and he never taught me how to talk in tongues. What was that, Keith? Am I getting too close to something? Or is that you back there? Huh? That's the Holy Ghost. I walked with the devil for 25 years. I'm telling you, I knew who the devil was. I know the difference between devil and God. The Holy Spirit, he ain't interested in healing you. He only wants to keep you away from God. His job is to keep you away from God because he knows when you know God, he's done. What's he going to do to you? Lie to you? That's all he's going to do. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost daily, be filled with the Spirit. Not one time. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not all Holy Ghost. But it is the Holy Ghost. It is the Son. And it is the Father. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and communion with the Holy Ghost. Mary has learned this good thing. It's not going to be taken from her. You know, I hear people say, I'll never give any names or say what it is, but I hear people, ministers on the radio, and I heard one time one say, we talk about peace. We don't know what it is. I heard another minister say, you know, when I get up in the morning, my wife is more disciplined than me. She goes to the Word. But he said, I go straight to my computer. Let me tell you something. You can work hard for God. You can work super hard for God. That ain't what he wants. He wants you sitting with him. He wants you knowing him. See, some people, it's easier to work for God than it is to sit with him. You can work a whole lot better for God when you've been spending time with him and sitting with him personally. Put up there 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. It says in 2 Chronicles 7 14, If my people, which are called by my name, that's the saints, the children of God, let's read them all, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land some people don't mind fasting a little bit some people don't mind praying a little bit oh but to seek his face now that takes time you go you don't do you're not going to seek God's face on the go 
It won't happen. You know, I hear talk about the world. It's so bad and it's so, it's so jacked up, you know. Killing babies, homosexuals on the loose, getting married, so on and so forth, everything. Well, I don't deny that. They're sinners. That's what sinners do. But his people that are called by his name will seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. You see, whatever's distracting you from God is a wicked way. People say, well, man, Brother Tom, I'm not out robbing banks and killing people. See, they look at the big thing. They don't look at the things that's distracting them from seeking God's face. What's more important in your life? You ain't getting younger. You got one life on this earth, one life only, and that's to know God. To know God. And the only way you're going to know Him is to seek Him. And when you seek Him, you will find Him. When you are saved, your spirit is quickened and made alive unto God. You are born again. Then you need the Holy Ghost to empower you to speak in new tongues. For your spirit to start praying so that you can pray in the spirit and pray in your understanding also. People say, well, I don't understand this. Did you, before you got saved, did you understand being saved? I didn't. I didn't know what a Christian was. I didn't know what being saved was until I was saved. And then my eyes were open. And then when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost came upon me and I spoke in other tongues, then I understand the Spirit. When I pray in an unknown tongue, when we have corporate prayer here on Tuesday night, we pray in the Spirit. And we pray in our understanding. Everybody has opportunity to, to give their supply in prayer. But we pray in the Spirit. We pray in the understanding also. If the gifts of the Spirit want to manifest and operate in the prayer meetings, they, they do. You know, the Bible says to lean not to your own understanding, but to acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He will direct your path. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You don't have to go to Bible school to seek God's face. Just sit there with them. Spend time with them. Every time you do it, you grow. Whether you recognize it or not, you're growing. You're growing. When you're reading His Word, when you're praying, when you pray in the Spirit, it says in Jude, the 20th verse, 19 and 20, says, But you, beloved, build up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping myself in the love of God. You see, as long as I keep myself in the love of God, 
I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to get offended. Nothing's going to bother me. Why? Because I keep myself in the love of God. I keep myself built up in my most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping myself, not getting out of the love of God, keeping myself in the love of God, so when the attacks come, so when the opportunities come to be offended, I say, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll just stay filled. I'll stay in love. No, thank you, Mr. Devil. I don't need that stuff. The kingdom of God is not what I eat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You got a problem with cussing? Start praying in other tongues. You see, praying in other tongues will help bring your flesh under. See, where your spirit will be more alive, you'll be more sensitive to the spirit than you are to the flesh. You'll be more, you'll be more uh, um, sensitive to the spirit world than you are to this natural world. This place down here ain't my home. I'm just visiting. Just like when I was praying Monday night. If I couldn't pray in the Spirit, then the Holy Ghost wouldn't have been able to use me to pray for that situation. And I don't know how many situations He's used me through the years to be able to pray for. But when He calls on me, I can pray. Because I don't have to know what I'm praying for. I can pray in the Spirit. And there's some, there's some of you in here, you're facing things in your life that if you started praying in the Spirit, you'd overcome them. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.